Welcome to Mastering Mortgages, presented by Revolution Mortgage, the podcast that demystifies the world of mortgages, real estate, and homeownership. Our goal is to empower and inspire homebuyers, real estate professionals, and mortgage industry leaders. My name is Danielle, and I want to invite you to join me as I sit down with today's guest to talk about practical tips and valuable insights into the mortgage industry. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the Mastering Mortgages podcast. Today, two special guests from Revolution Mortgage are joining us, branch production manager, Stacey Chevalier, and sales manager, Keith Pitch. We're set to unpack various insightful topics, exploring the keys to success in the mortgage industry. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We have Stacey and Keith. And we are just going to go over a little bit about success in the mortgage industry and what that looks like. But first, I just wanted to start with a quick icebreaker here. So um, in the world of real estate, you know, trends come and go. But what is one trend or style that should never make its way back (laughs) and why? And Stacey, why don't you start with that? Yeah, okay. So I there's two. One I think truly will never come back. And it's the popcorn ceiling. I don't get it. I don't know what it is. I feel like it's just full of asbestos. I don't know. So I don't think that'll come back. But the other one for me is shiplap. Like, why? It belongs oh my like, gosh. it belongs on a ship or like, I know, I know, Keith. I know everyone in the world loves it except me. There's, I don't know. Unless maybe if you have an oceanfront house or something, use shiplap. I don't know. What about you, Keith? Sorry. Just don't like you just offended everybody that watches okay. HGTV. Everybody I, yeah. that is on HGTV is just, just really upset right it. now. Yes, I can't see in Um I the the one trend that I hope never comes back, uh Danielle, is the the kind of smoked mirrored Florida ceiling uh mirrored wall that adorned Ooh, yes. every sixties and seventies dining room <laughs> and kitchen. And I'm seeing more mirror coming back into design elements and i'm like oh my gosh please do not go floor to ceiling mirrors Um, okay so the condo i'm in right now has that oh really (laughs) yes we have that beautiful accent yes (laughs) yeah so i mean we don't need a floor to ceiling mirror to watch us eat our dinner right just throwing it out there yes yeah 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 so there you go i can definitely get on board with the uh with the mirror i understand i think some people think it makes like the room feel bigger but um I'm personally not a fan of that one either. Shiplap, I don't know. I live in Texas, so I mean, I'm a fan of the fixer-upper people. <laughs> but yeah, no, those are great. I love that. Um, okay, perfect. Well, then let's see. Just to kind of move along here. Uh, well, really, before we get started, I kind of wanted you guys to um, talk a little bit about your background and how you kind of got into the mortgage industry and just what that looks like, where you started out, and kind of maybe where you're at now. Uh, you just can give us like a brief summary of what that looks like. Um, you know, maybe why you wanted to get into it. If you have always thought you would be in mortgage or you just never saw it coming. But let's hear a little bit about that. I mean, what is the mortgage show? Like no one's in third grade saying, when I grow up, I want to be a mortgage professional. Like, all of us fell into it. It, you know, it feels like when we all kind of talk about this this topic. I personally was in law school, and I dropped out because I 
couldn't afford it anymore and I needed to pay rent. And I happened to have a, a old a friend in college that I had graduated undergrad with. And she said, oh, hey, you should. She was in California. She said, you should go into mortgage. So back in the day, I had a newspaper and I went through the newspaper until I found someone that said no experience necessary. Like not this is not a joke. Like I had the newspaper and my first job was at a joint venture of Wells Fargo, and I started as the receptionist. There you go. Wow. Drop, law school dropout. <laughs> 25 years later, to finish the story, we've ran massive teams, 100 employees, closing $2 billion, all the fun of, of that. So, yeah, that's where I've landed. Stacey, cool. my quick follow-up call is, do you still get the, the paper? No. No. Okay. Fair enough. No. Yeah. But it was very right normal on. back then. That's what you did. Oh yeah, absolutely. Help wanted. That was that was half yeah. the classifieds back then. Yeah. Um Danielle, I got into the industry thanks to dear old mum. Um my my mom worked for one of the large four retail banks. And um I was going to college at the time and the bank was open on the weekends. So I got into banking industry that way. And um so I've worked Retail bank. I worked retail bank all the way through college. It was great. I was able to graduate with zero debt. So here's a little uh, hack out there. If you want to graduate with zero debt, work while you go to college. It's a pretty amazing thing. Um, the other thing, uh, I, I went to retail bank and then I worked for a broker and then I worked for a wholesaler and then I went back to work for a broker. And um, now I am here on the uh, CLA side of the coin. So we're hybrid broker and self-funded. So um, I've seen all of it. I, I've been 23 years in the business. I, I am currently here in beautiful Coeur d'Alene and uh, running the branch here and uh, making things happen. So it's a, it's been a very interesting time. I, I, I think one thing that I've learned in that time is this too shall pass. So we, we see high rates, you know, this too shall pass. It's never a bad time to buy real estate. So yeah, absolutely. Now that's cool hearing uh, just your different stories and how you got involved and where you're at now. Um, you know, and one thing too, just to kind of go into a little bit of what we wanted to talk about today. Um, you know, mortgage professionals, I would say, often have unique skills and expertise, and that's something that you learn throughout the years, right? Um, learn from errors or mistakes, and just keep building and getting better. But uh, how do you think that you can, how do you think that mortgage professionals can effectively communicate their value to their clients and their colleagues? Because I know a lot of that depends on referrals as well. Um, but yeah, and I guess also what role does personal branding kind of play into that? So I'm a non-producer. I haven't produced in probably close to 20 years. Uh, so my approach is quite different. So I'm curious to hear from Keith. But I, from my experience, I would say, number one, people in the mortgage business, drop your egos. I think it's a superpower if you can be egoless. And, um, you know, I've had conversations with this with my business coach that this is um, a market that should help people that maybe had that ego, hopefully lessen it. <laughs> Yeah, bye-bye. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just think that's so important. And I think when you do are able to drop that, you can show who you truly are, that that's the value. The value is what you individually can bring to that consumer. What I have noticed over the last decade is 
consumers no longer cared necessarily as much about the brand of the company. They care about the brand of the loan officer and who they're actually going to work with. And so I think it's incredibly important for loan officers in today's market to brand themselves. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, We'll talk about branding in a second, but I think one thing that a lot of loan officers struggle, both new and old, is to really define what their value is, right? Um, if, if you're going out there to the market, whether it's the consumer or our realtor partners, and you say, I do mortgages, just like a half a million other people, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think what you really have to do in in any market is define what your value is. And I find the value that really resonates with me are uh, first-time homebuyers, folks that are underserved, um, whether that is doing deals that are in manufactured home parks or what have you, um, and, and kind of niching down and finding a value in that respect. A lot of mortgage professionals just show up and say, hey, I do mortgages. You should work with me. That's not value, right? So how are we going to partner with a certain part of the market to help them understand the process, get educated about the process, and most important, through that education, become empowered to actually do something? Now, that's value. When we have somebody that's empowered and ready to take action, now we have value that we can bring to the market, Um, whether it's our consumers empowered, whether it's our real estate agents empowered, uh, really Take a moment. If you're struggling in this department, take a moment. Sit down for the afternoon, grab a cup of tea or grab a coffee or whatever, and just write down what what am I really passionate about and what can I add value to? Um, because mortgage is just way too ambiguous. Um, as far as personal brand, I mean, the buck stops with you. Uh, I'm I'm an extreme ownership kind of a guy. Uh, I, I love that book. And, and you have to build that brand and that reputation, uh, uh, whatever that looks like for you. You just got to own it. And I think so many people don't own it because of fear and and judgment, quite frankly. Like, hey, if, if I'm really passionate about doing manufactured homes in a park, wow, what does that say about me? Do I not want to do a jumbo loan? No, that's not it. But I, I bring value here. So, you know, understand your value and then build a brand around it. Yeah, those are both really great answers. And, you know, maybe... There's somebody that's listening that's looking into buying a home and trying to figure out how to pick a lender, what uh, what sets that lender apart, or maybe it's somebody um, who is a lender and trying to figure out how to create value for their customers. So I think both of those things that y'all talked about are super um, insightful. And also, you know, I think ultimately the key is not to just be, um, you know, another lender out there, but to just really go above and beyond with adding that value to the customer because that is what it's about is um, providing above and beyond customer service. But yeah, I like what you both said. And uh, just to touch a little bit more on the personal branding side of it, uh, just because it is essential in today's you know competitive market, uh, the market is always changing and it's very competitive these days. But uh, what do you think are some key elements that mortgage professionals should focus on when developing their personal brand? I know we touched on this just a little bit, and maybe that is, um, you know, taking loans that maybe other people don't want or uh, going above and beyond. But what are, you know, some elements that they should focus on? 
Well, I teach, I love branding. I teach uh, intro to video marketing and branding for agents. Um, and I would say the biggest thing is the easy things. To me, they're the easy things. It's being consistent, um, being authentic. I know that's a big one for Keith and I. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you need to get over whatever your fears are, whether it's, you know, your lighting's not good enough or you're in this bedroom instead of a cool background, you know, just get over it and start showing up. And I mean, truly, right? Like that's what people want to see, like what you're doing and what you're about. People will interact and get to know you, but you have to put effort into it. It's not easy. And you also have to support others. So if you, if you really want to grow a good social brand, you need to um, like connect with others in the industry that you want them to know who you are. And you have to actually like type stuff to them, like write on their posts and, and interact. And then it's, it is truly incredible. I've been doing this quite a few years now. And when I go places in my market, people that I've never met know who I am. Yeah. That, you know, I, I, I will echo the, the consistency sentiment. I think that's where a lot of folks fail because branding is this really interesting thing. Branding is not, it, it's not a marketing campaign where you're trying to get somebody to click a button and make an app or go to some, you know, action step, right? Branding is about making sure that the market that you're servicing knows that you exist, Right. And so there's a lot of effort and time that goes into that, that um, whether it's at the Realtor Association in the mortgage space, right? This, this this transcends all industries and all businesses. Like whatever your market is, if people don't know you exist, right? You might as well close your doors. So that's what branding is, making sure everybody knows that you exist and why you exist, right? So those are the two questions you should be asking yourself with your branding and your messaging that you're putting out there, whether you're doing Facebook ads, whether you're sponsoring something at the local chamber or what have you, is what you're doing on brand with who you are and how you are. And that gets to the authenticity piece of it. Um, we were actually, Stacey and I were talking about authenticity. Now let's be clear about authenticity. There's a difference between authenticity and too much information, right? <laughs> I don't need to know that you have an ingrown toenail really don't need to know that or any other really interesting personal information that is just too deep to be sharing out on socials and and out in the business world. Um, but authenticity, uh, I take it as a compliment whenever I talk to somebody, whether it's a, a anybody, and they go, wow, you were really passionate about getting people into houses. That's, that's my value. I'm passionate about getting people into houses and I will move, move earth for it. So um, and that's what comes through in everything that I do and yeah. how I do it. So um, I, I would just I think say, the other thing that comes through for you, Keith, is like you are, and I think I am, who who we truly are. That's what you see. So people be like, oh, yeah. you're really the same person that I saw online. Like that's important. So people know like we are super goofy and we do dumb stuff, but we think yeah. it's really funny. So uh, those that's like just part of who we are. But we're also true, like passionate about education. And making sure that we were at a company that had all the products so that we could support agricultural buyers and first-time home buyers and um, chattel loans and home yeah, equity well, conversion, all the things. Yeah. I, I want to speak one quick thing, Daniel, to what Stacy just said is 
what you see on this camera is who I am in the street, who Stacy is in the street. For all of you out there that have had this branded headshot and what have you, and this whole repertoire that was from 1998, you need to change it up. Because if nobody can recognize you and they see you face to face, because all of your collateral is outdated, you're doing yourself a disservice. We want to know the real you today, right now, in this moment. The other big thing for me, as far as like uh, branding and marketing and uh, value to people, is our whole group. We're always talking about how we can be a better human each and every day. And I think if you just bring it down to the simplest of terms, if you Every interaction you have, every single interaction you have, if you're trying to leave that other person, that other conversation in a better place, and if you can walk away and be like, okay, I was just a good human, like you should practice it. And you can really like create a life around every interaction you're doing is a positive one, even in a negative or, you know, difficult circumstance. So that's something really important to our group and how we operate and what we hope to leave others with after we work with them. Yeah, I hear and see you say that a lot, Stacey. And I think that's definitely a good thing to incorporate in the professional world. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think these are some good takeaways for anybody that's listening and maybe trying to just create that personal brand, um, you know, maybe think and keep in mind uh, the what you get, like what you get is what you see. And so uh, just showing up and um, being present, but also uh, consistency, authenticity. I like all the things you covered there. Uh, but yeah, so kind of along those lines of branding and just since you guys um, might have some experience with this and it may have looked different when you started versus now, but you know, success can be me measured in different ways. How would you define success personally? I think success for me, I mean, definitely has changed over time. It used to be, I want to be the, I want to be the number one loan officer. I want to uh, do this much business, you know, whatever it is. I want to buy this house. Now for me, it's truly, how can I make the industry a better industry than where it was when I started? And I want to leave a lasting, I don't know, legacy, I guess, that you can have a group of humans that are all good humans and don't have egos and are there to support their colleagues right next to them and not have this jerky competition type feeling going around. But so I, now my, now my goal is just to leave a separate legacy of leadership and a different way that we can operate in the mortgage space. But you yeah. can. <laughs> I like how you said evolution, and and Stacey, I think you hit it on the head. I, I think success is defined based on where you are in, in life, right? Um, w when you when you're starting something new, you want to be the best at it. You you want that bravado and all that comes with it. And uh, you know, as you season through a career, and, and um, a couple decades later, ch success definitely changes. Right, I, I have I have found that my success, my, my definition of success today is getting people into housing. Right, that that's my goal that I wake up with every day. And instead of saying, "Hey, how, I need to get a mortgage today," I say, "How am I going to get somebody into a house today?" And what I found by that little paradigm shift is 
if I just allow that to happen, guess what? The mortgages come with it, right? So um, that, that's one way that I define my success today. The other thing that I find for the mortgage industry in particular, we ain't getting no younger, right? Um, yeah. And it's it's really kind of been weighing on me here in the last couple of years that, you know, this is a great industry, Stacy. Maybe we should change that mindset that nobody gets into the industry on purpose because this is an yeah. amazing industry. We get to help people with the number one asset they get that they will ever buy. We get to help people with where they go spend the holidays, where they have their first kid that they bring home to. We get to help people with that. And and I think we've undersold that value. So my success is trying to help also people understand that the real estate industry is not just about buying and selling houses. It's about changing people's lives inside and out. Um, whether that's buying your first house or buying your 10th house and building a real estate portfolio, um, my success is helping educate and empower people uh, to know what's possible because they just don't. So, uh, Yeah, and I think it's well. important that the language that we use, which I know you're really careful with and, and I am too, but that paradigm shift you were talking about, like we don't talk about we funded X amount millions of loans. As a group, we talk about, okay, we helped X amount of families and in the next seven years, it'll bring them this much additional wealth that they wouldn't have had. And so we really think of it more like a, um, uh, like how are we changing their lives, not how are our lives changing by what we're funding. So, um, and I think you just, you know, it's just natural for us because that's just how we operate. Now, maybe I think we've had to practice it, I don't know, as we evolved over the years. Um, I actually wrote a book about being a good human because I do think it's something you can practice and work on. Um, and, um, so I think for us, so as a group, maybe I've just, I don't know, we've talked about it for so long that we're just all naturally good humans. <laughs> so good job team. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad that, uh, you guys brought that up just because it is so important to realize like, what is the end goal here? What are we working towards and why do you, you know, we do what we do. So, um, I'm definitely glad that you guys brought that up. But one good example of that, okay. sorry, Danielle, is like Revolution getting the chattel loan. Like I've never worked at a lender that had that, but that's that's the homes right now. That those are some of the last homes in the Pacific Northwest that are affordable. And right. so we, as a group, I think it was actually Keith that said we need to get this loan product. We need to be helping these clients. And so I just think that's a good example of the value and and you know, what Keith was speaking to, that the goal is to help people get home ownership. Yeah, always coming up with new ways to do that too. Um, yeah, which kind of uh, leads into another question I had for you guys too, just on this topic is, you know, with an industry that's continually uh, evolving, how do you guys stay ahead of the curve and ensure that your skills remain relevant and valuable. And maybe if you're not, um, you know, on the uh, producing side right now, just maybe some advice for somebody who might be stuck in some old ways to that could, uh, some tips that could help them with how to ensure their skills remain relevant and valuable. And th this question flashed me back to like my grade school science class, <laughs> like adaptation folks. It, <laughs> it's, it's a basic fundamental. <laughs> And, and yeah, you know, over the past 20 years that I've been in the mortgage industry, this past five has had exponentially more technological growth than the prior 15. 
right? Yeah, that's true. It, yes. It, and and what I would say to all those folks that are are stuck in the mud, there's a mentality of a mentality that I can't, I've never had to, I won't, right? Uh, those are all negatives and those will be the traits that go extinct, right? Those will be the originators. Those will be the business people that go extinct. So um, this also transcends mortgage. If, if you're in any business and your business is exponentially evolving technically or interface wise or any way else, whether it's the product or the technology, and you're hesitant to adopt that technology, you're hesitant to adopt that new way of doing business, there's a very good likelihood that you're going to go out of business, right? So um, I, I think it comes down to one word, which is adapting with the market. You got to adapt. And if you don't, you you will go extinct. I think adapt, that's a great word. I would say abundance as well. There's an abundance mindset. I think that there are great leaders out there, us included, that uh, share what is working because I want the industry to succeed. I want the other companies to succeed. I don't want just our team to succeed. And I think if you actually look around, there are people out there sharing and uplifting and helping others get through the market. Um, in this market, it's really, I mean, it's kind of, it's not funny, but it is just going back to basics. That's, that's it. You mm -hmm. need to be out face to face with people, educating, talking to them. I mean, we do, I don't know, what did we have, Keith? I think we had like 28 events between November, oh. October, maybe October and the end of the year. So we're yeah. always trying to go out and and um, show the value and be part of the community. And you really, it's, I know during COVID we were working, you know, 80 hours a week just trying to get the volume in. And now we're working eight hours a week just trying to help the consumers out there. Danielle, yeah. this, the, let, let me talk really quick about this. The, the cell phone has completely changed how we work, right? I mean, if I wanted to, I could originate everything right off my cell phone. I yeah. can't. It, and this is a game changer. And what I'm really concerned with and what I'm seeing in the industry, both on the real estate and the mortgage side of things, is we forget that this right here, our face, our hand-to-hand -hand interaction is still more important than this, right? Mm -hmm. This is the tool of the trade. This is the face of the trade, right? So so like if someone calls you and says, Keith, I want to make a loan app. Don't say, here's my link. Right. Right? Use, right. take that time and build that relationship with them and take the app over the phone like we used to do. I mean, or it really is going- Or would you like to set an going... appointment and come on in? Uh, yeah. you, you know, the, the way that we're going and and this is kind of like some some hard knocks conversation here. Like loan officers complain that they're that they're getting shopped and somebody else is beating them on rate. And guess what? There will always, if you go dig on the internet, there will always be a better rate somewhere else because the grass is always greener somewhere else. When I see a when I see loan officers having trouble with quote rates, it's because they never had any other relationship with their real estate agents with their clients to have something other than just one measure, which is rate, right? And the world that we live in wants to condition people on rate, 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 rate. If there's nothing else, all things being equal, rate will always win. So you have to make something else bigger than rate, which is relationship. Relationship will always beat out rate, in my opinion. Yep. 
yeah, those are <laughs> those are some great points, and uh, hopefully, you know, some listeners will take those away and apply them to what they're doing, or maybe where they um, what they need to start doing. And just one thing too that you talked a little bit about is the technology and how that's come a long way, you know, even in the last few years, really, uh, just, I think really with the pandemic, I, it kind of forced a lot of things to be online and forced technology to be able to take those things on. But, uh, it's definitely reshaping the mortgage industry. And I just wanted to ask what emerging tech trends do you see that as kind of game changers and how do you think mortgage professionals can embrace them to help with their success? Well, I would say coming from uh, a lot of technology background, I guess, from different employers we worked at, number one, don't be scared of it at all. Like it's mm-hmm. not going to take over everybody's job. It's not going to not have it. And if the technology, as much as we think it's, we've gotten a lot of it, it's, there's still such a long ways to go. And you can see how long, I mean, it took the first iPhone, what, years to develop? Yeah. And now they can release an iPhone every eight months. I don't know what they do. Like, it's just so fast. So once you once you have that foundation built, which our industry now has, the technology is just going to double up and speed up and, and just keep going. So you have to embrace it. But it's not going to it's not going to take over jobs or anything like that. But it should make the cost of manufacturing go down, which is important to the consumer. It should make um, things go faster for the consumer. It should cause less fraud for the consumer. So all really good things. I think the biggest technology we have that um, is new for all industries is going to be AI. I think ChatGPT is going to change how a lot of us do work. I know, I think Keith and I actually talked about this. It would be amazing if they would put, you know, Freddie and Fanny and all regs and whatever on chat GPT. <laughs> so you can just type in what is the guideline for X? Like that would be yeah. great, right? So um, that'll be fun if that ever happens. You can kind of do that through control F, control find. Yeah. Um, kind of, you know, that's not quite the same <laughs> as chat GPT. Yeah. Not the same. No. Um, you know, I think, I think my take on that is, uh, I'm client facing a lot. And one thing that was a really silver lining, huge silver lining of the pandemic is video conferencing. I I think it is, I get it that we can't get everybody to our office, but in my opinion, if you're a loan officer, you, you should be meeting with everybody at the bare minimum on a video call, right? Um, I cannot I cannot understate how important it is to see somebody's face. It creates a connection with that person. It creates sincerity and it creates buy-in because guess what? Look, you can see me right now. You can see how excited I am and you can see my eyes light up that I'm here having this conversation today. And when you can do that with your clients, yes, always across the table is great, but I'm licensed in 11 states. I can I can meet with somebody in Florida. I'm licensed in Florida. So if you need a loan in Florida, anyway. Uh, so if I need to talk to somebody in Florida, I can get on a call. I can do a Teams call. I can do a Zoom call. They can see me. They can tell that I'm a real person as opposed to one 1-800 number that they don't know if it's in, in the United States or India, right? So I think video conference has really changed the game here. 
um, for us to interact with people. And on, on my personal side, that means I can do my business anywhere. If I'm on vacation with my family in Hawaii, Stacy, I'm totally jealous. <laughs> um, if I'm on vacation in Hawaii, I could still have a video conference and and meet with my clients, meet with my real estate agents, meet with my centers of influence and continue my business. So uh, it's the next best thing to an in-person meeting is a Zoom meeting. And now it's an old technology. Zoom tried to launch in, in 99, right? Um, but it's really adopted now and it's commonplace. So people would yeah. prefer it. So we're meeting the market where the market wants to meet us, but we're not just um, a, a nameless, faceless person. Yeah. Now, yes. Yeah. And everyone yeah, just get yeah. over the way you look because nobody cares except yourself. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, some people have like a lot of fear, but it's you know only something that you even realize or recognize, and nobody else actually cares. <laughs> so definitely something um, people can get over, and it will help them a lot and go a long way. But um, yeah, I mean, it's great to hear just all the different uh, technology that has been implemented in the mortgage industry. And I agree, Stacey, um, you know, I know John listening to this is going to love that you said chat GBT and AI. And I think that there's still so much more room for um, how that's going to change the industry for the better. And, um, you know, if people, I think it kind of goes along with that saying, if people don't catch on, they're going to be left behind. So, I think it's something people should definitely start implementing if they haven't already, just with technology in general, right? But um, yeah, I guess with all of that, I just wanted to see if you guys had any final thoughts on just success in the mortgage industry or if there's anything else that you kind of want to address for people that are in the industry or maybe potential borrowers that might be listening. I think success in this, I think anyone can find success in any market in this industry as long as you are willing to put in the work. And I think even people who have been doing this for decades in this market, if you're not putting in the work, you will still become irrelevant, even with all the year years that you're here, because there are, there are new people coming into our business in this market, and they're putting in a heck of a lot of work. And they are picking up agents in deals, and I'm super proud of them for doing it. Um, but so I would say, uh, just it is a, it's a hard industry. You're gonna it's either too many loans or not enough. But either way, you gotta put in you gotta put in the work, and you have to be willing to pivot into different markets. So if if you can do those things, I think it's a phenomenal uh, industry to be in. Yes, I I would agree with that. I. I look at it from whether you're an originator, a realtor, a first-time home buyer, a tenth-time home buyer. Um, the key to success is your mindset. It, it's your mindset, and if you go into a situation and you're already closed off to it, you will find what you're looking for. You will find that reason to not go down that path. If you go into it with an open mindset and you're willing to learn something new and you're willing to take on something that is a little uncomfortable you'll find success in it. You'll learn something new and you'll explore a new facet of the world because there's so many things out there. Um, we just, none of us have enough time to take it all in. Yeah. Um, but what what I found, it's super easy to be closed-minded and just say, no, I can't do that, right? But if you come to it with an open mind, and this is where I get passionate about my first-time homebuyers, 
uh, I, I host these first time homebuyer classes and folks come to us, folks come to us, walls up, baby, let's, uh, we ain't buying a house, but I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can do it. And, and then all of a sudden in these classes, you can see it as a teacher, there's this aha moment. There's this brilliant little bright light that pops up over their heads and you see it and they're like, I could buy a house and I could do so this. I, yeah. I can do this. And that, that transcends everything, whether it's mortgage, real estate, any business, any personal conflict, any personal want, need, or desire that you're going out there to do. It's about your mindset first and foremost. Um, so that, that's where I would say walk into the situation with an open mindset and a successful mindset. And you'll be amazed, absolutely amazed what comes of that. Yeah, yeah I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say it's such a good point because we have in this environment people who, like we know things are working, right? We have, mm -hmm. we've, we've tried and tested and documented and, and it works. And then we can share it to the world and 99% of people are going to go, I don't think I'm going to do that. Okay. Right. The other 10% are getting wealthy and expanding the horizons and what have you. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I want to give, so, so we're launched, we, we launched a huge uh, education uh, effort for reverse mortgages, right? Th yes. This is our most recent example, Danielle. And I cannot tell you how many agents came, got the invitation to it and said, that's a bad product. That's a bad this. That's a bad that. Home equity conversion loans are horrible. Well, how do you know that? Have you ever done one? Have you been part of a transaction or have you just read some blog that reaffirmed your position, right? Well, and you so, should say, have you ever done one in the last 10 to 15 years? Because it's a different program. But I will right, say we were exactly. just on this tour in Spokane and Coeur d'Alene. And in one of the classes, a woman came up bawling at the end and just saying, can you please help me? And yeah. you know what? The, uh, we did. So yeah. I, did, I didn't know this. it was like that, right? Yeah. So if you yeah. have that open mindset and you're you're willing to receive things, um, it, it can it can move mountains. Absolutely can. Yeah. No, I think that's a great place to wrap this conversation up. Is just uh, you know really if you're on the lending the lending side or if you are on the borrower side, just keep an open mind and um, just learn. So. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today and just giving us some good information, tricks and tools for people listening. And hopefully they can apply that in some way and take away from what you guys said. But uh, Stacey, Keith, it's been a joy to have you on and just want to again say thanks for joining. Thank Absolutely. you for having, having us. us. Yeah. Aloha. <laughs> To stay up to date with our podcast, please subscribe, follow us on social media, and visit our website, revolutionmortgage.com, to learn more about how we are revolutionizing the mortgage industry. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we'll see you next time.